The Promise of a Pencer by Adam Braun. One sentence summary. The Promise of a Pencer narrates the story of how Adam Braun, a well-bred average college kid working at Bain and Company, shook off what society expected of him and created a life of significance and success by starting his own charity, which now has built hundreds of schools for children in need. My favorite quote from the author is, The single most powerful element of youth is that you don't have the life experiences to know what can't be done. Adam Braun What do you want most in the world? 10 million dollars? Your own farm? A private jet? A Ferrari? Imagine asking someone that question and their answer is this. A pencil. That's exactly what happened to Adam Braun as he was traveling through India when he asked a little boy this question. Humbled, he gave him one of his own pencils. Adam couldn't believe that something that meant so little to him could mean the world to someone else and decided that he would embrace the giving power he and many of his fellow Americans had. His For Purpose organization, as he calls it, Pencils of Promise, is one of the most notable charities in the world and has built over 300 schools across the globe helping more than 35,000 children receive an education who were to get none before. The Promise of a Pencil tells his story and delivers practical advice on how you can follow your own dreams too, just like Adam did. Here are three lessons about building a life of success and significance. 1. Follow your intuition more often. 2. Act confident, even when you don't know what you're doing, especially then. 3. Stop trying to avoid mistakes and start learning more from them. Whether you want to build a charity, business or book club, I hope you're game to learn from Adam, because I sure am. Let's go! The Promise of a Pencil Lesson 1 You're not following your intuition often enough, so do it more. This answers the question, can we really trust our gut, should we follow it more or less, or what's a good way to deal with our gut instincts? Have you ever felt bad for following your intuition when it really mattered? Think about this for a second. Really hard. All those times when you had to decide whether to quit your job, if you should break up with someone, where to move to, which school to choose, you know, the big decisions in life. Have you followed your intuition and afterwards said, damn, this was a really bad move? Or vice versa, went against your gut and it turned out to be the best choice? I guess not. That's because your intuition is your most powerful advisor. It knows what's good for you long before you do. Therefore, no matter how often you do it already, you're still not trusting your intuition often enough. Adam, for example, had a consulting job when he started Pencils of Promise. Eventually, his bosses noted his lack of commitment and forced him to make a choice. On the way home, he came across a cardboard box with some graffiti. It said, Become your dream. Knowing that the charity meant much more to him than any job, he took this sign as a confirmation of his intuition and quit the job. By the way, intuition is different from cravings. I'm not talking about giving in to the urge to eat at Burger King every time you walk by one. This is about the important things in life. 4-Minute Books was started entirely on intuition. So don't wait once your gut knows what's up. Take that momentum and run with it. The Promise of a Pencil Lesson 2. Act confident even when you don't know what you're doing, especially then. This answers the question, 
Should we fake it till we make it? Should we try to act confident even when we're not? Too much confidence can be a problem. It's often the reason the loudest person in the room makes the big decisions, and not the smartest one. While confidence and competence are two different things, it's crucial for you to have an unshakable belief in yourself and your dream. Confidence is what keeps you from throwing in the towel when the going gets tough. And even if it sometimes means being in the wrong, it's the only thing that'll get you past all the rain you have to sit through to finally get to the rainbow. Adam learned that confidence is especially important in those times when you have no clue what you're doing. It'll not only show yourself that you're strong and unafraid, it'll also keep you out of trouble. When Adam's taxi gets stuck in the middle of an aggressive protest in Nepal and protesters were about to attack him, he just got out of the car, greeted the protesters and walked away confidently, without having even the slightest idea where to go. But it kept him from getting beat up or worse. You can't change that you have to face a ton of failures and problems on your journey, but you can change how you approach them and it will make all the difference. The promise of a pencil lesson three. Quit trying to avoid mistakes and instead focus on learning from them. This answers the question, what's a good reminder to keep an experimenting mindset? I love this one. It's so simple yet so deep. Self-improvement comes from learning from your mistakes. Duh, way to be Captain Obvious, right? But if you think about this, it can change your entire attitude. We spend 99% of the time we work trying to get everything right and avoiding mistakes. This is an effort in vain, as not making mistakes is impossible. So instead of obsessing over not making any in the first place, if you change your focus to just learning as much as you can from the mistakes you do make, you'll get the better of it. Imagine this. You're having a great time at work when a colleague calls you and tells you the numbers you submitted for a report were wrong and now a client can't move forward. What if you instantly dove into the numbers, corrected them, sent them to the client, apologized for your mistake and set a new reminder to have a colleague review your numbers anytime you submit a report? You'd become a lot better at everything you do, insanely fast. So stop trying so hard to avoid mistakes and just focus on learning as much from every single one you make. Here's what I learned from The Promise of a Pencil by Adam Braun. This was a book where I read the summary to, and you might now say, oh, if, you, if the summary felt a bit wooey, it was all this follow your intuition, act confident, don't avoid mistakes, like these sort of uh, platitudes. But uh, when someone approached me and bought, got a $1 book, rec book recommendation, if you go to 4-Minute Books, I think it's under products or so, I, I do book recommendations for a dollar. So you send me a dollar via PayPal and I'll tell you what book you should read based on what problem you're having. And he was, I think he was also confused about making sort of this a kind of similar choice where it was, I think he was in his 50s and he wanted to do something with more meaning and he, but he wasn't sure how to approach it or whether to do it and whether to leave his job. And there, there were some variables there. And funny, funny story, how I make the book recommendations is mostly I go by gut, right? So I read through the email, I read through the problem this person is having. And then the first book that pops into my mind to answer this, I send them that. I do usually think rationally about it for a while after that and add some other books because I usually give more than one recommendation. 
But I'll always tell them the first one that came to my mind. Because intuitively, I don't know, I just have a, I just have a feel that that's going to work, right? With that guy, the, uh, the promise of a pencil came to my mind, right? So I recommended him that one. And a day later or so, or two days later, he said, Oh my God, I read the book. It made me cry. It made me laugh. It made me, it, it was, it was so powerful. He read the whole thing in like a day or two. Uh, he made up his mind. He made his decision. He moved on. It was like, that was perfect. That was a brilliant recommendation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that was really, really cool. Right? So first of all, I applied the thing from the book. I just followed my gut in terms of what book I should advise. And then this book apparently was really powerful. So uh, I want to talk about two quick things. First, uh, I want to say um, I want to say maybe why we need this stuff, right? The intuition, the confidence, uh, the mistake, uh, the just learning from mistakes. I think it's imp it's because there's a there's it's because there's a problem. So the problem is we don't consider people who start charities as successes, right? And that's not limited to charities. That's, that's tra that transpires to, to a whole, whole lot of other stuff, right? I mean, even though people, creators, artists, right? People like, uh, like singers, DJs, mu um, any kind of musicians, bands, um, painters, uh, I don't know, coding artists, right? People that make like cool stuff or digital or Photoshop people, Uh, writers like me, bloggers, we don't, we still don't, even though we know by now that there's very much a business to be made in every single one of these and people can make money online and with all this kind of stuff, like it's very, it's a very viable career path already. We still don't consider these people a success most of the time. We're like, if you tell somebody, if I would tell, told people at my school, like I'm trying to become a writer, they're like, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Um, that's still the the stigma is still there. So, and that's obviously charity is a huge one in terms of that. Society does not take it seriously. Another one, for example, is parenting. So if I, if, if you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, and they're saying, you know what, I'm just going to stay home and take care of the kids. You know what? To me, that's the biggest success in the world, right? Because parenting is a full-time job. And what happens when people think that they can whip two full-time jobs uh, or both parents can whip a full-time job and, and raise their kids? Well, you see what happens in, in school every day. Like those little brats, man, that doesn't work. Parenting is the most important job we have. And but we don't consider these people a success, right? <clears throat> the the stay-at-home mom is not a success unless she also um, runs a business from her kitchen table, and you know they she can get to pick up the kids or drop them off in a Porsche Cayenne, and they're financially successful as well, right? So success to us means financially successful. It means rich, <clears throat> and that's really a problem. And that's why these people, or you, if you want to make charity uh start a book club whatever you need this 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 wooey stuff you need more of the inspiration motivation side because you're going against the grain in in terms of business right it's really easy for people starting a startup right to to be confident because the world tells them oh my god you're awesome you're a hero or uh, it's really easy for people like consultants who do consulting careers because everybody celebrates them already um so That, that's why I think people in the creative space or in these nonprofits and so on need more of this this sort of inspirational motivation because the problem is we don't value that and it's a huge mistake we don't consider this a success and that's one of the big big flaws in society right now 
The other thing I wanted to briefly address, it was an epiphany I had the second I read it. Self-improvement comes from learning from your mistakes. And this week I wrote an article called Self-Improvement and Success have, have Nothing to Do with One Another, right? They're unrelated. Because there's lots of examples like Charles Bukowski, for example, who people who were hugely successful but who were shitty people, basically, in terms of they didn't take care of themselves, they didn't take care of others, they didn't care, they were drunks, alcoholics, drug addicts. Um, and so it doesn't always mean that self-improvement, we, we usually confuse the two and we think, oh yeah, people who improve themselves, they wake up early, da da da, um, they become successful, and that may be part of it, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily the same thing. And the, what I realized just now is that self-improvement comes from learning from your mistakes, that the learning from your mistakes aspect is the thing success and self-improvement share right? So, and successful people, they might only do this learning from their mistakes part in business. So, that explains the guy that moves through the ranks at a company or has moved through the ranks at a company because not possible, not as possible anymore. Like 50 years ago, he went up and up and up and up and up and jump, 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 jump and jump the ranks and suddenly he's the CEO of the company or CFO or whatever because he learned or she learned from her mistakes all the, all the way. But maybe this learning was limited to work. And if people don't do that outside of work, in their personal life, in their relationships, in their health, then there's no self-improvement, right? So people might be drunks or drink every weekday and still learn a lot from their mistakes at work and be successful at work, but be very shitty around home. So that's just a, an, a distinction I wanted to make. So first of all, success, self-improvement, two distinct things, and learning from mistakes is the key aspect. So ideally, what you want to do is obviously do a little bit of both and or do enough of both to get to the level of financial success that you want and at the same time, make time for what's really important to you, your health, your family, whatever that is, right? Okay, that's my little sort of rant on this. Uh, the Promise of a Pencil, Adam Braun, cool guy, check him out. He has a brother, Scooter Braun, who uh, is the manager of T Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande and so on, so just as successful, if not more. Uh, really cool two brothers, check him out. They have podcasts, I think, or have been on a lot. Scooter Braun, yeah, and they, they have been on podcasts. I think Lewis House interviewed both of them. Check that out, and I will see you on the next summary.